The Luminous Mind, Episode 24. I work with a lot of parents, and I realize that homeschooling can be challenging merely because we're trying to live like everyone else and live not like everyone else. And sometimes when we're homeschooling, we just have to make a lot of serious choices about how we're going to spend our time. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Mary Ann Johnson. Mary Ann is the president and founder of Homeschool Coach Limited. She's a writer, teacher, mentor, and coach. Her company focuses on teaching parents to connect with their children in simple ways and have more confidence in their parenting through personal change. She's taught thousands of children over 40 years and helped hundreds of parents find greater satisfaction and joy in their family relationships. Mary Ann spends her time teaching workshops on how to improve parent behavior and deepen relationships with children. She also frequently presents on her famous educational tool, the Spark Station, a family connection and love learning tool. She works with private clients teaching parents to resolve family issues through their own personal growth. Mary Ann and her husband Don have been married for almost 45 years and have seven grown children and 12 grandchildren ranging in age from 1 to 25. She loves reading and painting and learning is her passion. One thing on Mary Ann's bucket list is to sleep in a hut on a sandy beach where warm breezes blow. Welcome, Mary Ann, and thank you for joining us. You are such an accomplished lady. I'm so excited to talk to you about um, improving those relationships and how that can help us in our schooling. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And 40, you said 43. Five years? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That's definitely mentorship just on <laughs> that relationship. So thank you. So I kind of told the audience a little bit about you. Do you kind of want to expound on maybe your family and then some of your hobbies, passions, and then obviously we want to hear about your profession? Sure. Well, I do have seven children, but I always have to laugh when I say that because the oldest one is mid-40s. And the youngest one is going to be 25 this year. So, you know, they're way into their adult lives and raising their families. I really love reading. That's my number one favorite thing to do. And I have to say that I love coloring. And I know that sounds odd, but when I want to relax, I have a great coloring book and a box of colored pencils. And, you know, that's what I that's what I like to do in the rare moment that I can sit and do something fun. Other than that, I spend a lot of time with kids and take care of my husband and write, do what other 65-year-olds do. <laughs> that sounds great. Do you want to go ahead and tell them about your profession as the homeschool coach? Sure. Well, um, I started out about maybe it's close to six years now, just working in the homeschool community with a tool that I developed called the Spark Station, which originally was designed to help parents have their kids really enjoy school more at home. But it has evolved quite a bit since then. 
um, use it more now as a tool to help parents learn how to be present with their children, how to connect with them in really fun ways. And kids really love it. And so that's how I started out was with that tool and still do a lot of work with that tool, but then evolved more into parent mentoring. I do a lot of parent mentoring on how parents can change some of their own behaviors so they get better results from their children. Um, I'm not a discipline coach. I have a good friend who is one, uh, Nicole Peck. I, I love her stuff. I always say if, if you're having some discipline issues with your kids, it's probably about you, and let's look at that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, that's and that, what I do. Work with parents on their own issues. That's a great. That's great advice. I mean, sometimes as parents, we we don't realize where our ownership in you know our children's behavior is. So wonderful advice. So, do you want to tell us kind of about your personal education experience? You said you didn't homeschool like all the time. Just kind of tell us how that worked out. Well, my first five children went all the way through public school, and. We lived in a very small town, under 10,000 people, and I was very, very involved in the school system. I would go there and, and teach classes in the grade school a lot, spent a lot of time helping at the school, so I was very involved, and I noticed that all of my children really struggled through middle school, and um, what really did it for me was one of my sons was really struggling, and so I spent a lot of time in the middle school. I knew the principal personally, and I went to visit with him. I visited with all of my son's teachers trying to help resolve some of his educational issues, and towards the end of his middle school experience, I learned about a program that we had in our middle school that would have really benefited him. And I went to the principal and I said, you know, I've been in your office a half a dozen times talking about my son, and I've never heard of this program. And in that in that discussion, he said, well, you know, sometimes kids just fall through the cracks. Ooh. And I have I was so livid because there was no excuse for falling through the cracks. I mean, I was at the school. I was part of that system. And I had, a, you know, three kids go through middle school after that, and they all struggled. In for some reason, that age group and the way it was structured in our town just was not good for my children. And I had these last two coming up, and I just said, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. And I, my third son, the last one that went through middle school, he would call me from school with stomachache every day. And I knew something was happening at school. So again, I was at the school. I was visiting with all of his teachers. I'd go there during lunch hour and observe the, you know, we didn't really have a playground. They just would walk around the building, took up a whole block. And just trying to get a feel for what was happening. And finally... I took a bottle of Tums to school and put them in his locker, and I said, when you have a stomachache, take two of these. And I know that anyone hearing this will think that's just the lamest thing, but I did not know what else to do. I couldn't have him calling every day and run to the school and pick him up and bring him home. I didn't really know there were any other options. We had one gal in our town homeschooled, and I frankly thought she was weird (laughs) and that her kids were weird. And I, it just, I just didn't think I could do it. But that summer, thinking back on my son and, and him having to take Tums to get through a day, I just thought, this is insanity. And I'm, I don't care if they don't get another day of education until they're 20. I'm not doing this again. And so 
I pulled those last two out of school and brought them home and became really good friends with the weird woman who was homeschooling. <laughs> and she and I became really, really good friends and later did develop a facilitation school for homeschool kids, which we ran for about four years, where they would come a couple of days a week and we would teach history. I, I taught history and English and science to ages 8 through 18, and she took the kids younger than eight, and and we had a lot of fun with that, and I learned that she wasn't weird, and the reason her kids seemed weird was because they were just so not teenagers, they were so well-adjusted, and they could talk to adults. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's basically how I, how I got into it. I have to say that at that time, there were no resources for us as far as homeschooling. She was very well-connected here in Utah, having come from Salt Lake City, having grown up here. And so she would bring things to us. That's how we got started in this facilitation school. And we had some people come up to our little community, just actually to our home, to talk to the two of us about homeschooling. And But there weren't a lot of resources. I didn't know anything about curriculum. Computers were fairly new. Uh, we had one, but, you know, we barely knew how to use it. Uh, this was a long time ago. And, so, and so basically my kids and I spent a lot of time together doing service for people, doing our newspaper route together, reading, and that was pretty much it. I didn't have really a lot of curriculum. The first year I tried to run a, a public school at home and I thought drove my poor little six-year-old nuts because I just loaded her down like, I don't know what kind of insanity I was in. I just thought, well, we're home, she should be able to do all these worksheets. It was just all about worksheets. And well, and you, tend, because, you tend to do so what it, you know, you know. You're yeah. <laughs> It took a couple of months for me to realize this isn't working. And so really for a number of years, we just read. And I, my son wanted to become a clown, and so I found him a teacher. And he took classes on clowning, and he developed a routine. And I took him around to nursing homes, and he did his little show and taught my daughter and my son how to sew, and we learned how to cook, and we had a lot of fun. We didn't do a lot of what you would consider education, but... When my son was in 10th grade, he just desperately wanted to go back to school. I had said no in 9th grade, but in 10th grade, I did some praying about that and felt that that was the right thing for him. And so he went back to school, and I have to say he did not skip a beat. Oh, wow. That's pretty and incredible. And he graduated. I didn't do anything special to help him graduate. He graduated with his class being in 10th grade, missing 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th and fifth. Wow. And so I don't know if that says a lot about me or a lot about the school system, but <laughs> So how has just... how has your paradigm changed? I mean you talked about how, you know, the the one lady that homeschooled was a little weird. How I mean, how did it change over time and what do you feel about homeschooling now? Well it it changed a lot. I really if I were doing it over again, I would homeschool all my children. I work with a lot of parents and I realize that homeschooling can be challenging merely because we're trying to live like everyone else and live not like everyone else. And sometimes when we're homeschooling, we just have to make a lot of serious choices about how we're going to spend our time yeah. and to make time for it. And I, I would be really open to that. I just remember how much, how I enjoyed being with those two children, how I just really enjoyed it. And we spend time now with our grandchildren. Our oldest daughter homeschools. It's my only child that does homeschool, but uh, she homeschools. And 
So we can be, we're involved in that a bit. And I just, I look at families who homeschool and the quality of relationship can be so much deeper. Now it isn't always, which is why I mentor on that particular thing with parents, but it can be much deeper because one of my beliefs is that sometime back in the 70s, there was a concept developed quality over quantity. What children really need is quality time. Well, I'm just going to be bold and say that I don't buy that at all anymore. I've observed too much that what children really need is quantity. They need their parents. They need their siblings. They need time together. And we have a system that takes children out of their home for huge blocks time yeah and then send so much work home that really there's very little time left for any kind of relationship building in families and we tend to say well if we go to Disneyland once a year that's the memory but I'll tell you what my kids remember can I tell a couple of little examples yes love to hear so I didn't consider myself really a great parent as far as reading to my kids every day but I guess I read enough, and uh, one of my daughters struggled a little bit in high school, a little rebellious, had some difficulty. And during that time, she would come home sometimes, I'd be reading to the younger kids, and she would come and stand in the doorway next, just lean against the doorway and listen to me read. Well, when she was in her 30s, uh, one day she said to me, you know, Mom, what I remember the most was that you read to us all the time. Now, that's not really true. I didn't read all the time, but that's what she remembers. Out of all the parties, all the vacations, all the trips, that is her big memory is you've read to us, Mom. And so I've just learned over time that we need to think more like children. We need to look at our children and think how children think. And children, they love their parents. They need their parents. That They are the best teachers. And so I just believe that I love homeschooling because it allows parents time. Yeah, lots of time. To create relationships with their kids. Yeah, because the time's going to go fast. I mean, I started homeschooling 10, 11 years ago, and I cannot believe how quickly it's gone. And I'm here every day and seeing everything with my kids. And I just, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, where has all that time gone? Some days the days seem slow, but yeah, we have to really harness that time that we have with them because it's going to go really fast. Um, Because now half of my kids are in their 40s, if you think, I mean... (laughs) That's crazy. It is crazy because I just was parenting. I mean, I married in the 70s, which to you, to to younger people, they seem like a long time ago. But when I think in terms of time, I think, well, it was just in the 70s. Like, that was just a few years ago. No, that yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. And so it really does go fast. And it can be a challenge to be with your kids 24-7, 365 days a year. But I'll tell you, they're you'll have a whole lot of years without them. Have way more years without them than you ever have with them. And I miss some of that. Exactly. And it's time that you can't necessarily get back. So before you have me crying, (laughs) moan about (laughs) on the verge, do you want to just tell us a little more about your educational philosophy and curriculum with the SPARK system? Sure. So the Spark Station is just a container. It can be elaborate or as simple as a Rubbermaid tub. And your children are always giving off sparks. They're very clearly telling you what they're interested in. For example, say you have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old boy, and they sit at the dinner table burping, and they do it constantly, and you have this conversation every single meal, stop that, that's rude. 
what your boys are telling you is, I want to know about my body. Why does this happen? Or if they're laughing about farting in the car. Instead <laughs> of being upset about that, you just realize, well, they've hit the age where they really are interested in their bodies. And that's when you start putting things in your container that have to do with their bodies. Maybe a recipe and the ingredients to make slime, snot. Because <laughs> then you're going to talk about, well, where does snot come from? And what's the point of it? And, you know, what is it about picking your nose? Why do you do that? Why do some kids do it? Why shouldn't we? And it's, so it's just a space where you can put things that you know are going to be interesting to your kids. It's also a space where you put static things that are always interesting to kids, like magnets or colored pencils, art supplies, things that, and then there there are rules about how to make it work so that it stays orderly, and, and so kids really want to participate, and so I have a little boys particularly will shock their moms. I remember one mom said, my little hellion on wheels would wake me up at 6.30 and say, mom, is it time for school yet? Because she just wanted into the box, the container, whatever it was. And so it's really a great tool. I just think my philosophy of education is if we can just really connect with our children and enjoy being together with each other while we're learning. And so this is a tool that helps moms and dads be present. You know, what does that mean? It doesn't mean sharing the same space. It means actually listening to a child and hearing what they're saying. And I'll just give you a quick example of what I mean by that. So when I'm trying to teach someone to be present, which is difficult in our day, technology has made it a little more difficult. I say to them, look, when it's time for your kids to brush their teeth, don't say, go brush your teeth. Say, let's go brush our teeth. And while they're brushing their teeth, you sit on the toilet and lean your elbows on the counter and say something awesome like this. You know, when I was six, I only wanted to wear red socks. <laughs> and see what happens. And if no one says anything, then wait a little bit and then make some other offhanded remark. Like, when I was in seventh grade, girls still played jacks on the playground. Because for sure, one of your daughters is going to say, oh my gosh, mom, what? seventh grade and then you've got a conversation going and you listen to them and you yeah that can could a, that yeah, could definitely spark a, that would spark a conversation of what seventh grade is like for them um, obviously that's right. So. that's right and so it's just the tool itself is just designed to help people connect to help adults and children to connect and to spend quantity time together that also has quality trying to teach parents how to uh, get rid of the clutter in their minds so they can make room for their children. Yeah. Well, I just wondered if that was what you think the biggest obstacle that parents face is the lack of time or how to bring up those conversations. Or do you well, think there's something else? That... Yeah, I don't think it's the lack of time. I think it's our overcommitment. Yeah. So I think five principles that really help us live better lives and have better education and better relationships. And one of them is to simplify. Our calendars are too filled. Our bedrooms are too filled with toys and clothes. And our kitchens are too filled with gadgets. And everything takes energy. And if so much of our energy is going to things outside of our outside of our children and our, our families, we shouldn't be surprised that we feel too stretched because we are. Yeah, and then stressed and frustrated. <laughs> so Yeah, and, and, and even homeschool, we can do that even in our homeschools if we try to be too elaborate. I've worked with thousands and thousands of children, 
And the thing I've learned up really, even up till 12 or 13, elaborate is not required. What is required is present. An adult that really cares, that has their best interest at heart, that is engaging in something that they're already interested in, that they already want to know about. And if you can get those things to come together, you can have some remarkable experiences with kids. But it isn't about elaborate. I remember one mom contacted me. They were going on a road trip, the culmination of a year of learning about rocks and crystals and minerals. And and, um, she had this picture in her mind about what her trip would be like. And when she got back, she called me and she said, I said, how did it go? And she said, well... It wasn't as good as I hoped. So I said to her, well, what happened? And she told me about all the wonderful things they did, how they sang in the car and how they watched the stars and how they went to a dinosaur dig and how they looked for gemstones. And they had this week on the road together, all of them, and, and all the wonderful things they did. And I said, well, what didn't happen? And she said, well, you know, we didn't write in our journals, and she's telling me the things they didn't do. And I said to her, well, I know parents that would really give their right arm for a week like you just had. And yeah. she said, to me, oh, I guess that's right, because she had this expectation that was so elaborate. What she got was amazing, but it was hard for her to see through her expectation. And so sometimes we do that. We set ourselves up. We think our kids want more than they really want or need more than they really need. And what they need is us, and what they need is us. (laughs) Yeah. Before we go on, let us take a minute and hear about our sponsors. Hey, Firestarters, this is Mark, producer of The Luminous Mind. If you're like me, the thought of going out to the store and shopping is enough to make you want to crawl in a hole and hide. If that's you, then do your shopping online through Amazon. Just go to theluminousmind.net, click on the Amazon link, and shop away. Also, most of the books and resources that Rebecca and her guests discuss can be found on our Amazon links as well. Again, if you're like me, you have already accidentally signed up for Amazon Prime. So most of those purchases should have free shipping as well. Good luck. Welcome back to The Luminous Mind with Marianne Johnson. So what are some successes you've seen when people use the Spark system? Well, I just get a lot of emails from moms who say, I just didn't realize how much fun it could be, how much fun I could have. So if you've got some time set aside and if you've got a plan that was simple and easy to manage and then you get rid of all the thoughts about dishes and laundry and what's for dinner, and just allow yourself to just feel your children and be with them. Parents will say to me, it's really revolutionized my life learning how to be present. It's changed our family. It makes it easier for parents to discipline or need less discipline, to get more cooperation from their kids. Um, Their kids are willing to listen to them because they've been listened to. And it goes a long way to helping you have fun learning together. It's not school. It's just a tool that you use in conjunction with, you know, whatever else you're using, whatever curriculum you might be using or whatever classes or co-ops or, you know, whatever you're doing. And I, like I say, I do a lot of mentoring with moms about, and some dads, on just how to get rid of the clutter in their own minds and how to uh, manage themselves better so they can manage their children better. 
Well, and a lot of people, like you said um, a while back, that you know you tried to do school like public school, but when you homeschool, a lot of people don't realize it's really a lifestyle change. And having to work together, I mean, that's one of the things I hear a lot from moms that necessarily don't want to homeschool. They see the benefits that they could get from it, but they say to me, well, I like my time. You know, I like my time away from my kids. I mean, how do you think you can benefit from having all your children home? I mean, other than trying to build that close relationship and and how do we go about kind of doing that? Well, it's an interesting paradigm shift that you have to make about this whole idea of well, if I send my kids away, then I can get things done. I think that's the biggest thing. That's why parents, that's what I thought when I was homeschooling. Well, if my kids are gone, I can get things done. But as a homeschool parent, what I learned is as a family, we got things done. We did a lot of things together. Yeah. Um, we learned to garden together. I didn't just say to my kids, it's your turn to do dishes. I would help whoever was doing dishes, and we'd talk while we did dishes. Or you might have two or three children in the kitchen helping you fix dinner because they're not doing homework. It's just part of what you're doing and can find moments away because your children, you're used to being home. They're used to working with each other. They don't have to come home and reassimilate back into an orderly group because everybody's been scattered around the city for the whole day. And so you can go away into the bathroom for 10 or 15 minutes and read and nobody's hunting you down. <laughs> Unless you have a two or a three-year-old, now that might always be the case for them. But I think you have to learn to not compartmentalize life as much as we do when we're in the public school system. Yeah. Well, and we miss out on opportunities to teach our children valued life skills when we don't have them part of all of the stuff that we are doing. When we do their laundry for them or we make their dinner for them, you know, we they we miss out on that opportunity to teach them how to do that for themselves. Right, so. and if you have uh, the day to do it, it's difficult if everybody's gone all day. Everybody comes back home sometime between 3.30 and 5 o'clock, depending on what after hours activities they have and then there's an hour or two of homework the average family then all collapses in the living room around the television or with their electronic devices to try to unwind yeah there's no time left for teaching there's no time left for communicating values and it makes it very difficult i have a lot of very successful public school friends of course i probably school a lot of my kids and they all grew up to be fine adults. But I, I just think there are some things that you gain when you have more time as a family. Yeah. So what are your long-term goals for yourself or for your family or maybe your business? <laughs> well, my husband is pressing me to get my doctorate, and I think about that occasionally. And I wonder, like most people do, man, how could I fit that in my life? But I really would like to maybe consider doing that in the future. I have started on a book um, and have a few books in mind that I'd like to write about. I have a lot of friends who are in their 80s and 90s, and so I know that I don't know enough and I don't know everything. They certainly know more, but I know more than you do or someone in their 30s and 20s. And I I feel that there are some things I could share that might be helpful to parents, so I, I think about doing that. Of course, we're just now... I have a development team, and we're just now redoing uh, my entire homeschool coach business to try to make it the tool much more usable for parents so that uh, we can 
reach more parents and have more little six-year-olds and eight-year-olds waking their moms up at 6.30 and saying, is it time for school yet? <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, uh, want to be able to continue to speak and, and train and encourage. Someone said to me recently, the reason I like listening to you is because you soothe my heart. And I feel that part of my goal in life is to help parents know that they can do this regardless of what discouragements they're feeling or problems they're having in their families, that, that they can do this, that their kids will grow up and be okay, that I have seven adult children who have been through a multitude of difficult experiences and they're doing okay, and help parents find just a little bit more joy and a little less stress yeah. in this whole, whole parenting education process and that's where a lot of my mentoring centers in is in helping parents breed. So what advice, I mean we touched on a little bit, but what advice or encouragement would you give somebody who's just starting out? To really believe that they have the capacity to teach their children formally, informally, that they have the capacity and that there's plenty of resources out there. There's so many resources today compared to when I started that anybody who wants to do this can do this. Resources online, free, tons of moms, very connected on the internet, so many events, homeschool events that where you can hear parents who've been homeschooling, who are homeschooling, who have homeschooled, who've been successful, who've had lots of struggles and have worked through them. There's even a huge uh, cadre of parents who are homeschooling, even special needs. If you've got special needs, you can find a lot of help with that. And so... I'd say if you're thinking about it, if you've ever thought you'd want to do it, to give it a shot. There's so much available for kids. The big thing people always say to me is, well, you know, what will they do for socialization? And I have to laugh. And I just say, well, there isn't anything that they would want to participate in that there isn't a homeschool group doing, from Shakespeare to simulations at the Capitol, even some sports. And there's just so much. And and if you start and find yourself in trouble, then there are lots of people who can help you work out your trouble so that you can keep going. I would just say, if you feel called to do this, do it. Yeah. Well, I think the socialization question is kind of funny anyway, because, you know, that is always the first question that people ask me. Well, I would do it, but I want them to be socialized. And then in the same breath, you know, after we get done talking about that, then they kind of start complaining about all the socialization that has happened to their kids, you know, all the weird habits that they've picked up at school or, you know, ways that they wish that they had a little more influence in their kid's life. And I think it's somewhat ironic when they ask us that. But there are downsides to being socialized, too. So we I ta- can't remember which, who I heard say this, but at an event they said, well, socialize to what? And I thought that was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> socialize to what? <laughs> exactly. You talked about resources. Do you have a favorite resource that you want to share with us? You know, I actually do. So I think one of the best Yahoo groups around or one that is very, very helpful is T-J-E-D News. If you Google T-J-E-D News, it's a, a huge organization of homeschooling parents who ask one another questions and share resources all of the time. Um, run by a, a really great lady, administrated by a really great lady in California. I think that's really a great uh, resource for people. 
I also think here in Utah and probably, well, all over the country, I just know that TJ Ed, that, uh, the DeMilles have a wonderful forum site where they, moms of all different ilks, you know, different kinds of methodologies of teaching come together. I know their focus is leadership education, but, that, you know, people get on and talk about all kinds of um, education that you can get a lot of resources there. Uh, my own website, home-school-coach.com. There's just a ton of stuff to read on there as far as um, learning how to use the Spark Station or how to maybe do some parenting things a little better than you are now, gaining a little more confidence. Um, I was just going to try to look up here. I have a whole list of them here on my computer. Let me just see if I can't give you a few more because there's so many resources. With the Internet, it's, I mean, it's so abundant. We don't have the problem of not having enough choices in, you know, in homeschooling. So one thing that um, new people can do is you can always go online and research like put in, just put um, homeschool groups in your state and they'll come up. And like you said, those are wonderful resources for that socialization, if that's important to you. And then also, I know with our group here, we also give a lot of support and encouragement, just, you know, the parents do to each other. You know, another really good resource is uh, HECOA, H-E-C-O-A. So you can just do a Google search with those letters capitalized. Diane McQueen administrates that group, and there are just a ton of, I mean, she does lots of free webinars and classes, and they have lots of, she has lots and lots to offer. TJ at TJED Friends in Utah, that isn't just a Utah group, although centered here, but has just a ton to offer. And as I said, so, for example, I'm connected with the Central Wyoming Homeschool Group and the Utah Valley Homeschoolers, and there's the LDS Homeschool Group by Tresta Neal, and you can access all of these by just Googling homeschool groups or homeschool forums, homeschool Facebook groups, homeschool Yahoo groups, and then your state. And tons will come up and go on and introduce yourself. and Get lots of help and encouragement. Lots and lots of help. And because this TJ Ed News, because it's, I would say it's gone slightly international. I know for sure tons in Canada and all of the whole United States that you can go on there and say, I live in Georgia. Is anybody out there from Georgia? And then, you know, half a dozen people will say, oh, I'm in Georgia. Uh, I belong to this group or that group. You just can get a ton of resources there. Great. So how would you like to see the world change in the future? Well, Unfortunately, I don't know that our school system can adjust in ways that are going to be really helpful because we seem to be uh, integrating new things into the public school system that are going to cause children more and more difficulty. I spent last year as an aide in the public school system with my special needs granddaughter, and so I, I was reintroduced firsthand to the difficulty good teachers have in doing their job in that system. And so... If anything, what I'd like to see is more parents being willing to homeschool. And I come from an, a family of teachers and educators, and a lot of them don't like to hear me say that. <laughs> they're still out there teaching and trying to do their very best in a, in a fairly broken system. But I just would like to see more parents bravely step out into the onto the plains of homeschooling, you know, hitch up their wagons and cross through and there'll be difficulties. We'll have a lot of uh, sleepless nights and days as we work through that, but 
you know, we can't get to the promised land unless we leave where we are. Exactly. I'd like to see more people do that. Well, and we don't want to say negative things about teachers. Uh, I think that one of the biggest problems that they have is that they are saddled by a bureaucracy. I mean, even the best teachers have forms and schedules and stuff that they have to fill out. And the fact that they want every child to be testing at a certain level, that's not reality. I and mean, that's how, not how human nature works. Everybody's such a, a different level. So I'll back your word. <laughs> <laughs> but we we definitely want to support parents to get empowered to, to take uh, control I, of that. So I just know some wonderful, wonderful teachers. I mean, I just know wonderful teachers who really are in the public school system because they want to impact children's lives for good, and they're doing the best they can in a system that just doesn't always serve, that just doesn't always serve. And until we can provide a different system... It makes it difficult for people. I I just know that I did not, I didn't know I could homeschool. I didn't even know homeschooling existed until I was until my son started struggling. And I once I realized it existed, it took me another couple of years and and really a catastrophe in my own life to get brave enough to say, well, however it turns out, it can't be worse than this. Yeah. And, um, there's just so many more resources now if parents are thinking about it. I actually receive emails quite often from people who say, I'm thinking about this. I don't have any kids yet, but I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Or I just had a baby and I'm thinking about this. And I tell them, we'll keep thinking. And while you're thinking, connect into these groups and hear what these parents are saying. Yeah. Ask your questions. Taking the and first step. Taking the first step's really a hard thing to take some leadership in that, you know, to help people explain it and then also be able to take the jump into something different. So, Yeah, there are so many wonderful homeschooling parents out there. I, I think of Donna Goff, a friend of mine, and she has an academy uh, to help moms and daughters, and, and she just has a lot of things going. And Women like her, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them out there that new homeschool parents can connect with who will help you emotionally walk through the difficulty of what do I tell my mom? Oh, my grandmother thinks I'm out of my mind. My neighbors won't even talk to me. I mean, (laughs) all of these things that, that you have to maneuver through when you make a decision that's out of the ordinary. But there are many fabulous women and fathers out there who are willing to walk through if you just connect. If you can connect with these homeschool groups and um, they're filled with wonderful, wonderful, successful homeschooling parents. Resources. Great. Well, before we say goodbye, do you have like a favorite quote that you want to share? And then also tell us how we can connect with you. Well, I'll tell you, one of the people that I really admire was George Turnbull. And I won't give you the exact quote, but he basically said this. Children will learn far more from an ordinary conversation with you than from any lecture in any university. We need to be listening to and conversing with our children, talking with them as if they have something to say because they do, and hearing them so that they're willing to hear us. I love that. And you can connect to me most easily through home-school-coach.com. You can actually email me from that site, and I'm always interested in hearing people's concerns and questions, and I... I always answer back, and there's a ton of resources on there as far as creating your own spark station and learning more about 
sparks and how to see what your children are interested in and learning to be a better parent. Great. Thank you. I really do have to thank you, Marianne, for joining us. You were like a soothe to my soul today. So I really appreciate (laughs) you coming on and sharing uh, your thoughts and opinions. I value them. You are a woman of experience, and that obviously shows. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's just been such a pleasure for letting me come and say my piece. (laughs) Great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Marianne, as well as the Spark Station, go to our website, theluminousmind.net. Also, consider making your Amazon purchases through the Amazon widget on our website to help us grow. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Google+. Get our audio content by subscribing on iTunes and YouTube. Please leave a review and let us know what you think about The Luminous Mind. Help us light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 